Good morning, everybody. It really is a privilege, always a privilege to stand up here. And thank you for those who shared your testimony. It can be very, um, I can't think of the right word, a little vulnerable. That's the right word. Thank you. Very vulnerable. So bless you. But I just find by speaking, something gets established. As you speak, something gets rooted in you in a good way, if you understand what I'm saying. Wonderful. All right. So um, it's 11.18, and I'm hungry already. So no. <laughs> so, but we don't, we, won't want, we don't want to be long, but we do want to pray for people, just because when you hear testimonies, you say, God, do that again. Do that in me. Do that in me, and so we want to give opportunity for that, but I just want to say a few things firstly. About April, around about April when the whole COVID thing came and whatever the case is, I know many people have felt God said this and that's great, and so I'm not saying anything different or better or less. I just, one morning as I was just reading, I felt this phrase, Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? And that's out of Genesis 3. And I felt like God saying in this season, he's saying, Adam, where are you? And it's going to be a season where he's going to draw people back to himself. Adam ran because of his shame and because of what he did. But the Lord said, Adam, where are you? Where are you, Adam? Where are you? And I just feel... In this season, that's what God's doing. He's drawing people back to him. But it's not so much back. It's back to the Father heart of God. That's what he's drawing people back to. The heart of God. The Father heart. And it's like his heart aches and says, Adam, where are you? And it's interesting. Adam, Adam had a relationship with him. So it's those that have walked with him before but through, for whatever reason, whatever circumstance, whatever happened, whatever came their way, where life just literally rode right over them and something happened and Tracy's vulnerability and what happened to her, whatever happened, it's like God is saying, my child, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Come back, come back. And I just feel that's something that God is doing. Just the heart of God, the Father heart of God reaching out and saying, where are you? Come back, come back, come back. So if you can turn with your Bibles quickly to uh, Titus, Titus, the book of Titus. The book of Titus. Verse 11. Yeah, it's in the New Testament, just for, I heard Clayton asking if it's in the New or Old. So, yeah, okay. It's in the New Testament. Okay. Titus. Gentiles eat pork chops three times. I know you've heard that's how I do it. Gentiles eat pork chops three times. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, three times. The three T's. Timothy, Titus, and Thessalonians. I mean, yeah. Gentiles eat pork chops three times. Then you know exactly where the order is. All right. Okay. Pork chops are wonderful. Anyway, <laughs> they are. <laughs> just these little things help me. They just help. You know, when you get to my age, you've got to help, get all the help you can get, if you know what I mean. I wake up in the morning, I say, 
What's your name again? Oh, Michelle. That's right. You're my wife. Okay. All right. Sorry. All right. Hey, Chris. Is that what you yeah, is happening? Sorry, Chris. Okay. Titus chapter 2. Okay. For verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. That's an incredible verse. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared. Has appeared. Jesus appeared. Jesus came. That's the grace of God. Came in the form of a person, Jesus Christ. While we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all the wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. These then are the things you should teach. Encourage and rebuke with all authority. Do not let anybody despise you. Paul's obviously writing to this leader, Titus. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do what is good, to slander no one, to be peaceful and considerate, and to show true humility towards all men. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously, generously, through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. Wonderful piece of scripture. God sent his son, Jesus Christ. The grace of God appeared. The grace of God appeared. God did not send a bunch of rules. He did not send a doctrine. He did not send a do's and don'ts. He sent the person, Jesus Christ, his son. And everything flows from that relationship. Every single thing as a Christian flows from that relationship. It's not about knowing something. It's about knowing someone. It's not about knowing something and having all our ducks in a row. It's about knowing someone a person, the person of Jesus Christ, who gave himself, 
willingly for you and I and for mankind that whoever would receive him would in turn become a child of God, sons and daughters of God, so we could be and do what his own son did here on this earth. That's an amazing fact. Think about that for a minute. That it was God's purpose to take broken, bent, destructive, deceived, darkened, whatever word you want to use, people, sinful, hateful, disobedient, revengeful, whatever word you want to use, to take those people and give his son to those people and say, if you receive my son, I'll do such a work in you that you will do what my own son did. Think about that. And every single thing flows from that relationship. And it will continue to flow from that relationship. And so the relationship we have with Jesus is paramount in our lives as Christians. Absolutely paramount. That's what we need to foster above all else, our relationship with Jesus. So I'm just going to talk a little bit briefly, I've got three minutes left, <laughs> about some things that I feel will help foster that relationship. But I don't want you to see them as a list of do's and don'ts. I rather want you to see them as tools that you can take, and as you say, God, help me to apply this to my life, keeping my focus on you, Jesus, and then you'll do all the work that is necessary in me. So often we're looking for results. God is looking for us, not the results. The results will come. Let's not focus on the results. Let's not focus even on the growth. Let's focus on our relationship. All that comes out of that. You understand what I'm saying? And so God sent his son to be with us so that he could live through us. Simple statement. God sent his son to be with us so that he could live through us. Because that's how Jesus operated. And you've heard me talk on it, where Jesus kept saying, I can do nothing of myself. That's the son of God, the Messiah who died for you and I. I can do nothing of myself. He repeated that many times. And he said, I only do what I hear my father tell me to do or I see my, doing, my father doing. So when they came and asked Jesus, how do you do these things? He said, well, it's actually not me that's doing it. It's my father in me that's doing it through me. That's what he said. And so what he did, he set a precedent and he set an example of the desire of the father's heart for his own children to be like that. But he had to redeem us and pay the price in order that that could happen. And the price was an incredible price through his son, Jesus Christ. And so when the Bible says he's able to save completely in Hebrews chapter 7, that word means completely. 
doesn't mean a little bit. He's able to save completely all those that come to him. That's what the Bible says. It's remarkable. But the devil gets us to look at our shortcomings. And as Tracy so wonderfully put, stuff that happened years and years ago. And so it just holds us back a little bit. But that's not how God views us. We are his sons and daughters, people. And if we foster that relationship above everything else, then things just outflow from that, if you understand what I'm saying. So these are things that please don't see them as a list of do's or don'ts. I've got 48. No, I haven't. I'm tired. <laughs> just wanted a joke. <laughs> First and foremost, walk in forgiveness. Walk in forgiveness. Walk in forgiveness to yourself as well. My wife and I were chatting this week about something, just something in my own life. And she said, you know, Ken, maybe you need to forgive yourself. It was a season in my life before I was saved. We lived in a place called Alberton. I call it Alberton, and she knows. <laughs> Where I was a... Uh, uh, better not go down that road. <laughs> I was a very selfish man. I'd work five days a week, long hours, come home and then go play sport the whole weekend. So my wife just sat at home raising kids. She had, we had no telephone because we didn't have telephones. And she had no means of contact. And so she sat at home seven days a week. That's selfishness to the nth degree. Hello? <laughs> and so when I, it's like she said, you need to forgive yourself for that, Ken. So, yeah, I'm in the process of doing that. Anyway, so walk in forgiveness. Walk in forgiveness. I encourage you, walk in forgiveness. Whatever it means to you, whatever you need to do to learn to forgive, to let go, do it. Go to somebody and say, help me through this. Let go, let go, let go, let go, let go. Let go of your own past. Let go of people hurt you or what people have said. Walk in forgiveness. I mean, encourage you. I mean, that's a sermon in itself. Number two, Develop to walk. You'll notice a lot of them are develop or cultivate. Cultivate walking in humility. That doesn't mean you don't acknowledge the giftings on your life or in your life. I'm not saying that. That's, that's false humility. But what I mean is making sure that he gets all the glory. Making sure that he's. And how do I cultivate humility in my life? I cultivate worship and praise. So I keep my worship and praise to the one that deserves it. I cultivate honor to him and to others. And then I cultivate gratitude and generosity in my life. And whatever that means to you, generosity can not only be financial, it can be with your time, your talents, your possessions. It can be just generosity. My wife has an incredible ability to be generous with her time other people. She just does. So I'm saying cultivate humility. And as, so people say, well, how do I do that? Okay. Cultivate a lifestyle of worship and praise. Whatever that means to you. Cultivate a lifestyle of honoring other people. Honoring God first and honoring other people. And cultivate a lifestyle of gratitude and generosity. 
that keeps us in the right place, keeps us in, not subservient, but keeps us understanding that he's the king. Yeah, the lines go in the right place. Next one, keep short accounts. Keep short accounts. I encourage you, keep short accounts. All this will foster your relationship. That's all it is. It just foster helps. Keep short accounts. Keep short accounts. Keep short accounts with your spouse. Keep short accounts with your parents. <laughs> keep short. Don't let things. Because what happens is I found is something happens. We intend to sort it out, and then the emotion dies down, so you think it's dealt with, but it's not. It's just submerged. That's all it is. It's just gone deep. Submerged like a submarine. It's just ducked. But trust me, the periscope's going to come up somewhere, somewhere, sometime. Something's going to cause it to come up. That's what's going to happen. So keep short accounts, whatever that means to you. Remain and abide in the Word as best as you know how. Remain and abide in the Word. The Bible can give you all the scriptures. We just don't have time. But Jesus said, if my word is in you, you will be much fruit. To remain in my word. That's what he was saying. Colossians said, let the word of God abide in you. Let it abide in you, the word of God. And if you struggle with that, try and get some help somehow. Just, in other words, having a lifestyle of going to the word. That's all I'm trying to say. Next one. I know these are all preachers in itself. Persist in prayer. Clayton preached a sermon two weeks ago on prayer. I thought it was outstanding. I encourage you to go listen to it. It was very practical, very real. He shared about his own walk with it, his own struggle with it, what he found, what he did. And so that's fine. You see, it's like I said to the people on the weekend, I don't want to give you methods or formulas. I'd rather want to give you some tools which you can take and struggle with yourself, with God. Because that way you take responsibility for your own life and you begin to grow up and mature. And these are just tools. That's all they are. So persist in prayer. I encourage you, persist in prayer. Don't even worry so much whether it's that type of prayer or that type of prayer or that type of prayer or that type of prayer. Just communicate with your Father in heaven. Just communicate. and Let Him communicate to you. All those things he'll teach us. He will teach us. I understand we need to understand it, but he'll teach us those things. Sometimes we want to know, well, well, this is intercessory prayer, and this is warfare prayer, and this is this prayer, and that's that prayer, and this prayer, and what this prayer, and then if you do this, that becomes that prayer. And just pray. <laughs> just, just pray. Just pray. <laughs> just pray. <laughs> okay. Embrace and cultivate fellowship. Embrace and cultivate. And I'm actually a, quite a reserved, shy person. I know many of you don't, but it's a fact. I can ask my family. And so you've got to sometimes make a decision to cultivate fellowship with somebody else. The Bible says in uh, Acts 42, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to that fellowship. So they were involved. That's, that's all it means. Get involved in other people's lives. Cultivate fellowship. So embrace and cultivate fellowship. Just cultivate it. 
And I want to just commend some people here. And I hate to do this because then you think, well, they didn't commend me. Please don't be like that. <laughs> some, please, I'm serious. Don't. Because I just don't know. I just, what I do know, uh, this couple continually open their house. It's unbelievable. It's like a railway station, this couple. <laughs> huh? Yeah, Kevin and Katie. Sorry. Sorry, Kevin and Katie. They just... Yeah, I mean, they went on holiday, I found them, they got a pool, and it was hot, and they, so we went to their pool. They're not even there. I mean, it's just, just the open-handedness. It's wonderful. It's just wonderful. And Don and Melinda, I mean, the people that come in and out, those, those people's houses is, is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Now, some people really have a gift to that. I understand that. I'm not saying you have to do what they do, but just say, God, teach me to open up my life and my house to others. Because we're a church. We're together. We're a family. Amen. Be aggressive towards the enemy. See, that's the only place you've got to be aggressive. You don't have to use manners with the devil. No please and thank you. Just be aggressive towards him. Do not flirt with him. I'm encouraging you. You will come off second best. Don't flirt with the devil. Be aggressive towards him. Be aggressive towards his work in your life. Or has come in into you. And there's James 4, 7. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. And then three more. Cultivate a bridal tongue. Cultivate a bridal tongue. Words are powerful. Very powerful. It can be also very destructive. Say, Lord, help me. Teach me. Teach me. Teach me. How to bra James talks about it. James 3. You can go and read it. I was going to read it. We don't have time. About this little rudder and this massive ship and this little rudder will give the direction. It's just a little rudder direction of the ship. Uh, this thing, will, we've got to learn to, Lord, help me. So it's not a negative. It's not a do's or don'ts. Just, Lord, because Bible says, Paul said in Ephesians 4, that whatever is wholesome, whatever is good, let that come out of your mouth for the building up of others. Never tearing people down. Never. Building them up, building them up, building them up. So I encourage you, cultivate a bridal tongue. And who knows, that's not easy. Okay, yeah, the Bible even tells us that. Okay. Then follow the life of God. Follow life. Wherever you find life, whatever brings life to you, and not only life in your relationship with God, although that's the most important, but just life. What, enjoy life. What brings you life? You understand what I'm saying? Follow the life. Follow the life of God. For some, I know for this lady, it's painting. I love that painting of that tree and that thing there. Thank you, Jess. It's life. It's life to her. She's doing something. It's life to her. So unable to express, if you understand. If I had to, I won't paint. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> but follow the life. If you understand. Some it's worship, and yet we all worship. But some it's particularly worship. For me, it's reading the Bible. That's how I find the life. And I know for Clayton as well. But not every, it doesn't mean you don't read the Bible. We all do. But you understand what I'm trying to say. Find what brings life to you. 
My wife is just being with people. And after a while, I say, oh, I think I need to go read in the room. <laughs> no, okay. Yeah, okay. Find the life. Follow the life. And then develop an ear to his voice. Develop an ear to his voice. Just develop an ear to his voice. Learn to develop an ear to his voice. There's a lot of voices, particularly now, with all the political situation and all that's going on. It's unbelievable. It's scary. Please, please don't listen to that. I'm encouraging you. Listen to your Father in heaven. Let him set the agenda. Yeah, he's been around a long time. Yeah, he knows what's going on. And then the last one is find the ways of God. What I mean by that, how God wants to do it through you or with you, the ways, because it's different for each person. And so you don't want to copy somebody else. You want to find the ways of God. The Bible says Israel knew his deeds, but knows Moses knew his ways. There's a vast difference. The ways, because the ways bring life. The ways of God, there's life in them. If you understand what I'm saying. So that's all. I just pray this will help you. I just pray it will just foster that relationship more than anything else. Amen.